then why are you keep going out and buying groceries? Because I'm nice in the kitchen, <laughs> but that's neither here nor oh, there. Okay. That, that <laughs> is like the best response. <laughs> I'm hey. nice in the kitchen. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, Straight Shots, No Chasers. You got three brothers here bringing a conversation from the living room to podcast, something that I think everybody can take a little bit from. Conversation that's going to challenge people, conversation that you might be scared to have with different people. That's what we bring into this podcast. And luckily, I got my two brothers here to share these moments with me. I'm going to kick it off to my co-host, my homeboy, J5. It's Joe Nathan, everybody. I'm from New York. These guys are from Alabama. They welcome into their family. And we're just trying to give you a little insight on how we do things and how we talk and how we go back and forth and discuss a lot of worldly issues. Some of it may be facts. Some of it may be just us. But that's what we're here to do is entertain and get you involved in our conversation. So um, with that said, we're going to kick it off to my man, my brother, Rel. This is Rel uh, on the podcast. Just bringing my perception, my insight on our everyday conversations that we have and bringing it to the world. So with that being said, let's get started, T-Mac. These are conversations that is not really filtered. I mean, we, we do have, we know how to filter ourselves. Uh, we're not going to have this vulgar language, but the conversation itself is going to dive in. It's going to get deep. Personally, I think it would be remiss of us, especially living in Georgia and everything that's going on in Georgia, to not talk about something that uh, people are kind of afraid of talking about, and that's racism. And I want to like throw it off to J5 real quick, but with racism, do you, first of all, do you think that it's still alive? And as a black man, if you do think that it's still alive, how does it make you feel to, to witness the racism that's going on in the world? Um, yeah, uh, racism to me, or as it, to me, it never died. You know, it's one of those things that's just been lingering around and it's sort of like, if you watch a lot of movies, it's like vampires, they just hide in the shadows. And it's showing its ugly head every once in a while, and you never, and you never really see it. So, but as a black man, I kind of, you know, it's hard because you know our world is a melting pot. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. In my profession, I have to deal with so many different ethnicities, and it's hard to see a lot of things and not get angry. And then it's hard to see a lot of things and not get angry and then go on with people had not, who had nothing to do with those acts that you saw and kind of coexist with these people without feeling some kind of way because they look like these people that did these heinous acts. So that's how I feel about it. And it's just one of those things where I try to avoid it, but I can't avoid it just because, you know. I'm a black man in America and I need to be proactive in these situations. And, and you know, it's, it, 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 it's just a sad situation that is still around right now. And, 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 and I don't know how to alleviate this problem. And I don't even think there's a fix for this problem right now because it still shouldn't be a problem, but it is. And that's the most troubling thing. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, uh, J5, but I have mixed emotions about racism in the aspect of me being from the South. I know you from New York, money earning Mount Vernon, Virginia. Uh, uh, 
but you South Carolina, yeah, South Carolina, you play ball in Tennessee, North Carolina, all in the (laughs) South. But as a person, a black male who's been born and raised in the South, you you've seen racism, you witnessed it, you felt it, um, you've dealt with it on a daily basis of. You go in the store and people are following you because they think you're gonna steal, and or people follow you because who knows the reason? It's just they've just been brought up to hate black people, or they've been brought up, or they've been taught to think that black people are evil, whatever. I have mixed emotions on it because you have some people, uh people of the different race who are we all been around cool white people and they just been the coolest people we know some of the some of our best friends are white possibly uh and they cool and then you have some of those who are racist and it's hard like growing up that way like how do how do you which way do you lean towards so when you see all this stuff in the news, it's like, yes, it's in the South. The South is still racist. Uh, it's still racism <clears throat> in America. But do you define the South as racism or racist or America as racist? I personally think that I think I think it's a mixture. I, I don't think that it can be really classified as one or the other. For me, it's like the neo-exploring band-aid method as a kid you're going to fall down like whether you're riding your bike walking it's inevitable that you're going to fall down you're going to scratch yourself racism i see it in the same method because as time goes on we just continue to put a band-aid and neosporin on it for the moment so it can heal in this situation that's going on right now it's going to put a band-aid on it and neosporin on it and it's going to heal but racism never ends scars never ends you're going to continue to fall metaphorically and literally I'm not afraid of these things and these heinous acts that's going on but it also make you conscious of of, uh, of daily of what you need to do and how you need to carry yourself and as a black man it's just I'm not afraid of myself I'm, I'm 38 I'm not afraid for myself I'm, a, I'm more afraid for my daughter who's six to be raised in this in this environment I feel what you're saying but I think at the end of the day when we when when I look at it, I'm not gonna say we. When I look at it, I just want to, you know, the future. We'll never know how that's gonna pan out. But what do we do right now? Because you say you're afraid for your daughter, but what do we do right now? How do we act right now? How do we be proactive right now to ensure the future is gonna work out for our kids? You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm trying to say. So, how do you feel about that, bro? Um, what I think we need to do right now is um, educate, um, live by example, show them the ropes. Like me myself, I have a young son. I have a wife. My wife is not from the South. She was born and raised in the Midwest in Ohio. All I can do is, you know, educate on what it was to be a black male in the South, what I've been through, what precautions that I can take, what it, what 
I don't know if I can say the right and wrongs to do, because I don't know what the right and wrong is to do, but what I've done, what the repercussions was, what happened. So I guess just educate. Before I go to, to my point, as a father, I'm continuously, like whether I'm driving down the road, when I'm sitting at home, I'm playing my video game, hanging out with my wife, continuously I'm thinking about how for that day, I take that date, how did I prepare my, my, my wife and my kid for things that could possibly happen in the world above, involving racism? And at times I feel like I don't prepare them enough every single day. So I go to bed, I'm always thinking, and as a man, I think I can speak for most men when it's like, you are you are somebody that's worried about your family and what's going to happen to them. So <clears throat> there are times when I feel like I haven't prepared them enough, but it's almost like a laundry list of things that you need to do to prepare your family for, for racism. And at times, it's just like overwhelming to me because I feel like I haven't prepared them enough, although I think I have. I've talked to my daughter about what needs to happen. She's only six. But if I talk to her about what needs to happen if she ever gets pulled over when she's driving, I talk to her about what happens if she's on the playground and someone call her out of her name and call her the N-word. I've talked to her about different scenarios and different situations. So it's just like as a black father, I'm always continuously, my motor is running in my mind about how I need to prepare my family for this. And at times I do feel like I come up short. But Joe, a question for you. With the racism, do you think that it's regional or do you think that there's more racism in the South opposed to the North? Or do you think that it's more of a national thing and it's equally um, divided nationally? Um, being where I'm at um, in the DMV area, I, I can't say that um, I've been exposed to as much racism as I have being in the South. Granted, I've been in the South for way longer, triple, quadruple the time, but I don't, I, it's hard for me to see it. Like, it's hard for it to you know, display its ugly little head out from, you know what I'm saying, under wherever it's hiding. But I'm not saying that it's not here, and that's the thing. You know, I think in the South, it's more it's it, it's more of a custom, uh, like, it's more accept, not accepted, but it's just there because it's just tradition. how they are. Yeah, tradition, and it's it, it's so divided. In the north, it's 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 a true melting pot. In the north, it's true true melting pot. It's so many different ethnicities. So it's hard for people to display that kind of bigotry and kind of racism and kind of sexism. It's hard for them to do it. Whereas in the south, it's still kind of you know what I'm saying. It's black white, and then you have like little specks of everything else. You know what I'm saying? J five. Yes, sir. Which one would you rather have? Someone who is a racist and not tell you mm. in the North mm. or be in the South and they tell you I'm racist and you know it. So like, a, like I'd rather have, I, I, I don't want none of that shit, but <laughs> excuse my language, but I, that's a good question. But at the end of the day, Ralph, I, 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 I honestly have to respect the person who says I don't rock with you Negroes so please let, let me be I respect you more than I respect the person who's hiding it and then behind mm -hmm. my back you're doing this that and the other 
Correct. And then you secretly you might try to lynch me. If I know that's how you rock, yeah, you say, hey, if I'm up here in D.C. or I'm in northern Virginia or in five miles north of me, all these people are saying, hey, we're openly racist. Don't come out here if you're black. Yes, thank you. Now I won't come out there, but don't ambush me and I ain't have no clue. You know what I'm saying? I'd, I'd rather have no racist and no hatred in the world at all, but I'd rather know what I'm getting into rather than not know what I'm getting into. You know what I'm saying? For the life of me, social media, I will never understand why people, if they show you who they are, they want to block people that, that are racist. I'm not that person. If if you show me that you're a racist person, I'm not going to block you from our Facebook page or Instagram. I'm going to keep you there because I need to know where to keep you. I need to know your movements just in case something happens. But what we do need is, I think, going back to the question before, I think one thing that we do need is, I think we need our counterparts, the ones that are actually trying to stand up and help us out. We need to actually put put their information and their support out more. For instance, I have counterparts on my Facebook, white, black men, white, Asian, whatever, and they're speaking out against the the wrongful acts that's going on right now, uh, racism, racism. What I do personally, and it is not anything that that I'm trying to manipulate. I intentionally share their posts so everyone can see because sometimes you have to force them to be supportive 100%. Anyone can make a post uh, and, and show support, but if I share your your support, that means that you know what I'm forcing you to to really be 100% committed to the support that you're showing and not only just making one post. Like I'm going to share your comment to show everyone else that you're behind us. Because if, you, if you're going to stand with me, stand with me all the way. Ten toes down, stand with me. Don't stand with me only when it's convenient. Right. I mean, I agree with That's that. A very good point. I agree with that. And also, um, with that being said, um, I guess my question to J5, I'm only asking J5 these questions because you and I, Terrence, are in the South. J5 is in the what is it's still the south, but most people consider the east coast north because he's in DC, Virginia area. With you knowing that there's still racism in America, it's just not as upfront where you are in DC, Virginia area as it is in the south. Which area do you feel more safe in? Considering that you lived in the South. I've experienced, you know, bigotry, racism in in both areas, but and I never really, it's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? So you kind of are aware of your surroundings, but with the temperature of, you know, the culture now, I think that I'm, I feel more safe here you know what I'm saying? Because it's less action here. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's less things going on, like less things being publicized. I know it's all being it's all being done everywhere. Like we we just don't know about it, probably. But it's it's less visible to me. And so it's one of those things out of sight, out of mind. So if I don't see it where I'm at, then I'm I kind of feel more safe here. But being that the self is the self. And I know it's still going on, and 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 racism is racism. I, I, like, 
it's kind of an equal balance. Like, you know, I'm, I just, I'm just more, I'm just more aware that it's, 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 it's less hidden in the South. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I feel safe as safe as a black man can be in America today. You know what I'm saying? And Joe, would you say that and, maybe it comes to preparation too? I think maybe I would feel safe. Like if I, you know, if I, if I got my concealed weapon with me, I don't think it really matters where I'm at in, in the world, like oh. in a nation, as long as I know I'm prepared. I think I, I think I will be prepared and, and feel safe no matter where I go. And that's definitely a, and that's definitely the, how I feel. Like I'm always, you know, J five on deck, and so like, and people always say that why why why? I was like because y'all don't understand how these people are, how people are. <laughs> hate hate is a serious thing, bro. And I, and that's what I tell people. Like you can't call somebody something that's derived from hate. So like, if you have a person who doesn't like you because of who you are, that's what it is. But if you call a person racist, I think being a racist is derived from hate. You know what I'm saying? Hate is a totally different animal. And I feel like if somebody hates me, it's nothing they won't do or nothing short of they won't do to try to harm me. You know what I'm saying? So. I agree. And I think, I think hatred is definitely, um, it, hatred is i think it stems uh from a deep place we're kind of transitioning into the the ahmad Aberry shooting that happened in in georgia and for those who kind of really don't know the story i'll give you the backstory of it um he's a guy amar Berry is a 25 year old black man who was uh taking a job in brunswick georgia uh february 23rd at that point he was pursued by george and travis mcmichael they took it upon themselves to neighborhood police. They felt like he had done something before they saw him. Uh, instead of calling police or whatever you needed to do, they took it into their own hands and shot him. Speaking of hatred, like what are y'all thoughts on, and I'm going to come to you, Rail. What's, what's your thought on the situation and being living in Georgia? How do you feel about what happened and occurred with Ahmad Aberry? First and foremost, um, I know that most people, I haven't looked in the law book. I know most people think that this citizen's arrest shit, excuse my language, is, you know, fly, cool to do. I don't think that's cool. And that's what allegedly they were trying to do, is this a citizen's arrest type thing. You have no right to track down and uh, monitor or whatever you're doing for anybody and track down this guy and say that he was uh, um, allegedly suspected of breaking into houses. This man was innocent. He was not breaking into houses, none of that stuff. So why are you following him, hunting him, basically? Why are you hunting? This is not hunting season for humans. There's no such thing as hunting season for humans. So why are you doing this? That's not cool. I don't agree with it. They should be Definitely. charged. They, I, I granted they have been arrested now, but their arrest is not enough. We finally need convictions. At some point, we need convictions. We've seen another, an, enough arrests. We need convictions. We need somebody to go to jail Joe, before. and serve their time for killing us. And when I say us, black men, exactly. 
black brothers, black women, black people, we need to see a rest. And I need to see it now. Real, I got another question for you that I okay. want to add to that. When you speak of conviction, we have seen conviction, but people aren't satisfied. We've seen a people in the court will have visual, they will have the audio visual to see um, these murders. However, they still don't give these murderers the time that they deserve or the time that the masses believe they deserve. So with these convictions, would you be okay with them only receiving 20 years? That's no. conviction. But is there an amount of time that that's not acceptable even though they're convicted? No. I want to see these people. I, I want to even play a field. First of all, I don't, with, this, with the law, there's always great black and white lines, all this stuff. I want to get rid of that. It's either you commit this crime, you get this time. And you commit this crime, you get this time. So when I when I'm saying that is yes, we've seen uh people get convicted and they get five years. No, that's not right. You need if you if you do this crime and you know that you hunted this man, you should not see the light of day. In this instance right now, they were hunting this guy. This young black man, they should not ever see the light of day again. Freedom. They should see freedom. They should see the light of day but in the prison cell. Right. In their little square box. But they should not see freedom, I should say. Again. I totally agree. I totally agree with you. People like that shouldn't be allowed to be able to do that to someone else again. And that's the just thing to do because you can't put a value on an individual's life. You just can't do it. But to sort of make it seem fair, you can tell these individuals, loved ones, hey, he took this person's life from you. We're going to take his life from him as he knows it. He will no longer be able to congregate in civilization as he knows it. He will always and forevermore be in a cell when they do something like that. You know what I'm saying? So I I, I totally agree with you. And citizens arrest, I also totally agree with you. And you, you made me bring up a point. You're making me think about something that someone else said to me today. Someone said, and you know, and, and this is like I said, when when bigotry and racism peaks from under the covers, and you and you don't really know that there, but then you hear something like this: um, a UPS worker, white male, said, posted on his um, post, whatever. I don't know what it, what social media was. He said something to the nature of there goes another person not following commands. And when he receives the Trayvon mm. treatment, he's the victim. Laugh. Ha ha ha. You know what I'm saying? So 
it, it, it just goes to show you people are hiding in plain sight. And you know what I'm saying? And now this person is being questioned whether he should be fired. Yes, he should be fired. Because if one, you're insensitive. And two, that's uh, it's so touchy that you say that. The Trayvon treatment. What do you mean? The tre- you know what I'm saying? So now, it, and that's what I say. When people are hiding in plain sight and they don't let you know who they who they really are, I can't. I can't deal with that kind of bigotry or that kind of racism. If you let me know where you stand up front, bro, it's my choice whether I should deal with you or not. But when you don't, when you take that from me and then you're hiding, you're acting like you're cool with me. But then soon as I turn my back, you want to sneak that racism or that bigotry on me. I, it, it, I, that's what I don't like. And that's what I'm most afraid of. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those things where it, it, it's like we'll never be able to get rid of it. But how do we... How do we combat it? You know what I'm saying, T? Yeah. Speaking on the situation you just spoke about, I think that that's a fireable offense. And if we, and if we as a community, as a black community, if we're, if they strip us from the ability to use social media to highlight the injustice that's going on in the world, I think they're taking away our, our, our gavel in a sense. When we go to court, if something like this happens and we take it to the court, chances are they're not going to get the time that satisfies the masses, the the, the, the majority of the community, the African-American community. However, if we see something like this, people making comments, there's, it, it doesn't equate to, to like to equate to like being happy that, you know, okay, well, he, he, this, this young black man got killed. Now this person lost his job. It doesn't quite, it's not the same. It's still not making, it's, it's, it's not satisfying. That's because we still lost one. But having someone be fired or lose something that's desirable to them or, or, or something of their livelihood taken away because of their action, there's words, helps us feel belong and feel like we have control of something because we have no control when we step in that, that courtroom. But social media, I will say, have been the number one thing that helped us in this transition because racism has never died. It would never die. Only thing that happens is they mask it in different ways. Before they didn't have yep. to mask it. Now you have to mask racism. You gotta hide yourself. But it still exists. So I just I just think that with social media, at times I hate it. I'm not gonna lie. But at times I'm 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 happy because it actually serves its purpose from a perspective of African American when commit when crimes are being committed as Right. Yes, I'm very grateful, you know, and I'm I'm super grateful for some of it. But then I'm like, Dag, what if I would have never known about it? You know what I'm saying? It's always that thing like, what if I never known? And what if I never clicked on it? What if I don't got social media? We'd never know about the injustice that goes on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it just, it, just, it just makes you fear for the future. You know what I'm saying? You fear for the future. I fear for the past. What happened in the past when we didn't have social media, when we were not able to highlight and show the judge, this man was murdered in, in cold-blooded daylight, just jogging in the neighborhood. What happened to us in the past when they were able to have the video recording or phone or cameras on your phone? I'm always concerned about what happened in the past and the things that we did miss. Are there times where I don't want to know? Uh, yes, because I just don't want to deal with continuous pain. 
But there are times where I'm like, I don't know if I want, like, what happened in the past when we did have um, the videos and the cameras on the phone? Bro, it's one of those things where, and I, and I, and I totally agree with you, bro. I can't even imagine. I, 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 I found myself, you know, somebody posted something the other day, and I found myself arguing with a complete stranger for posting something stupid. And I, I shouldn't have, but they posted something on a friend's post, and I said, of course she was a white person and they posted on a friends like my friends my friends include me in all of these like like these Facebook posts and they add everybody and then you see everybody that you really wouldn't even talk to. You know what I'm saying? And somebody made the comment, Oh, I can't stand the government. This quarantine is horrible and it it, it it's it's like slavery. And I was like, What? You know what I'm saying? Mm. And of and then she and, she, and I said to this person, I never know. I don't know. And I said to her, like, listen, you have no idea what slavery is about if you think this is like slavery. And then they made the comment to me, oh, there goes the black person or the black man always playing the victim. I was like, wow. You know what I'm saying? And then we got into it. I, I completely got into it back and forth with a complete stranger on my friend's, you know, post. And I know that's not what his attention was, but I was just like, but it's, it's, it's crazy how some some people view black people and what black people went through and and, and downplay it. It, it, it. And I would never understand. Like, I could never look at a a Jewish person and say, I understand what the Holocaust was about. Cause I would never, you know what I'm saying? And I would never compare it to anything as minuscule as a, you know, a quarantine lockdown because they don't want to spread infection. That's not genocide, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's not slavery. So I, today's thinking in today's society is just totally, I think, brainwashed to how deep and how horrific slavery racism really was really is and was you know what i'm saying so that's and that's i think that's the that's the main problem you know what i'm saying it's just downplayed to the fact that people don't really understand what it really is you know what i mean how does it make you feel joe and i'm, I'm, I'm talking so, to real how does it make you feel whenever you're on facebook and you see high school uh classmates or people you play basketball with or whomever that actually reveals who they are with whenever racism comes in play. It, 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 I've never had that happen, but I've had it kind of sort of like people you know, and then and you know people that you went to school with, mm-hmm. college with, and then you see how they really, and you're like, dang, this person used to be. It's kind of scary at at one point in time because you start to think the times that you might have. You or you may have been vulnerable about this person. You know, you you may have been asleep, you may have been drunk with this person, you may have been walking around, and this person was a group of, with a group of their friends. How close you might have came to to death or harm. You know what I'm saying? I do. There was an incident on Facebook. Play baseball with this guy. I would go to his house, hang out with him, spend the night. Best friends in high school. Some things came up four or five years ago that made me see them in a different light. And I hate that I did someone that I always genuinely liked and care about. 
And whenever right. he he made that, and it wasn't even directed to me indirectly, he made some comments. I, I noticed the comments and I was hoping that he stopped because I felt like at that time when he made the first comment, maybe he's just naive. Maybe he's oblivious to things. And I was willing to like not overlook it, but it was to the point where we could have had a conversation and continue our relationship. But he right. continued with his with with the blasphemy and he continued to spew, spew out all of this hatred. And at that point, bro, like I, I have no respect for you and I hate it because I'm almost like you. Like how oblivious was I to racism in the past when I was younger? You never know. But you always see the best in it. It's human nature almost to try to see the best in people and to try to just think people are as normal as you are. You know what I'm saying? I don't see this and that. I see you for who I, you act towards me. So if you as a brown, yellow, beige, purple, blue person acts this way towards me, then that's how I view you. I don't view every person who looks like you that way until you start displaying that you're only acting this way towards me and you and yours are only acting this way towards me because I'm different than you. You know what I'm saying? If you start having right. actions and continuous and repeated offenses with this N-word, I can't really rock with you no more. And see, I'm glad you brought that topic up to you because I deal, I'm in the school system and I deal with a lot of young kids who never really experienced racism. They hear it, they know the definition of it, but they never experienced it. They never saw it for what it really was, how ugly it really is. They never, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So these kids get around, and some of them might be minorities, you know, mixed kids, half black, half white, or just black kids. And like today, High schools are such melting pots. They get around their white friends, get around their Asian friends, their Hispanic friends. And the N-I-G-G-A pronunciation of that word is such a popular word. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm. You ain't the uh, you. I came over your house. You got Mexican kids saying it to Mexican kids. You got Chinese kids saying it to Chinese kids. You got white kids saying it to white kids. You got black kids calling everybody they talk to the N-I-G-G-A. You know what I'm saying? Because it's associated. It's, it's, so I, it's no longer associated with oppression. It's associated with trend. These kids want right. that trend now. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Right. You know, no, no. Good point that you say that. So now my thing is to you, when you get that that trendy N-I-G-G, N-I-A-A-G-A, and a white kid says it, are you like, oh, you can't say that. If you have been calling him as a black kid, the N-I-G-G-A, for, for months now, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I was trying to tell my kids, you can't expose him to that as his friend, as his brother, and call him that, call him out of his name, that term, as in meaning you're my brother. And then when he calls you the same term, meaning the same thing as you mean to him, mm-hmm. now you're mad. 
And I try to explain that to these kids. I said, it's different times, but if you don't mean no harm in it when you call it to him, what makes you think he means harm in it when he calls it to you? And and that's where we're at in society today. Like that, like how they say on TV, that hard ER is a difference maker. You know what I'm saying? The N-I-G-G-E-R and the N-I-G-G-A share the same significance and repercussions back in the day, both culturally insensitive to our community and had a lot of repercussions behind it. If we heard that word, and despite the capacity that we heard it in, it was offensive. We use that word with each other as a term of endearment. My intentions are never wrong to call you the N-I-G-G-A because I'm black just like you are. My skin is black. I go through the same struggles you go through. They see me the same way that they see, they see, see me the same way as they see you. The one thing that I'm concerned about with the younger generation, if you're going to do that, know your history. They're so distanced from the history that I don't, I'm afraid that they're not going to be able to um, take up in a sense for, for the slavery, for the N-I-G-G-A. And it's going to be so casual that it's, it's like none exists anymore. And anyone can say it. Right. 15 years down the road, what's going to happen then? How, how much value would the N-I-G-G-A have? Bigger question, how much value would the N-I-G-G-E-R have? Right. Yeah. And it's just about, that's what it's all about, educating and preparing. You know what I'm saying? Educating and preparing these kids or the future of our generation or society. And, and it's a tough job, bro. And not to not to like you know, to talk down on on the younger generation. Ultimately, they have brought a lot of uh, different uh, innovations, different skills, uh, mindset to the world. I think that the younger generation have forced a lot of corporate world to change. I think people like even right. you talk about the workforce. You go into office is not the same anymore. Uh, tattoos are now acceptable because of the younger generation. Uh, technology, mm-hmm. we need the younger generation to teach us. I think they bring a lot to this world. However, I do think there are some things that they can do better with, just like we could as our age when we're coming up even now. And I just wish that they would be more inclined to learn and want to know about what's going on with the racism part. What do you think, real? Non-African-American descent using i don't care if they use nigga n-i-g-g-a or n-i-g-g-e-r nigger they cannot use it from where i was brought up where i came from that's unacceptable because of what my ancestors what i've seen my grandmother what I've seen, my great-grandmother, what I know of, my great-great-grandmother and grandfathers been through, it's unacceptable. So to see anybody outside of an African-American use the the N-word, I'm going to just say N-word, it's unacceptable. And I also feel like, and I'm going to try to myself now that I have a 18-month-old, stop using the N-word because I don't want to teach him 
you know, that certain people who can use it, who is certain people, certain people who can use it and certain people who cannot use it. I don't, I want to eliminate that. Nobody can use that word. So I don't agree with that word, period, point blank, period. So I'm not going to use it around him. I'm not going to, I don't agree with it, point blank, period. So, nah, we, we need, as black men, older, middle age, younger, babies, we got to teach each other, educate each other, whatever we got to do, we need to scratch that. We got to get that out of our vocabulary. And we just need to get rid of that word, period. With that being said, I want to say that I think we had some good conversation about racism. Um, if if you enjoy this podcast, you're going to get this every single week. Y'all, we please did. listen. Uh, subscribe to our – tune in, man. Tune in. Subscribe so you don't miss anything. Tune in. Uh, and also, as always, give us feedback. Our topic ideas that you want to hear, our tough conversations that we might have had here that you just can't have with your friends, but you want us to talk about it, email us at straightshotsnochasers at gmail.com. That's S-T-R-A-I-T, shotsnochasers at gmail.com. Uh, I'm T-Mac, closing out, and I got my partner with me. Yes, sir. We'll see y'all next so time. So, Nathan, Peace. everybody. Thanks, y'all.